0: James, uh... Ruff. <laughs> it is one hundred percent the silly season. Yeah. Well, well sorry, it's ninety five percent the silly season. This week is still going to be the sensible
1: silly season. Yeah, we're still we're still bringing you real analysis. We're talking we're talking about things that are kind of actually happening in the world, mm. and our sort of take on events has some grounding in reality. Next week I think is going to be silly season proper. Yeah. Onwards. Yeah, and you won't see any more careful analysis. But you won't need it until probably March 15th when we really do get back to business. Yeah, April 1st maybe. For many people that's a silly day. For us that is absolutely not. That's when the that's when the smart and serious season resumes. Mm-hmm. That's just another reason why we are built different here at Downround. We're back to the world of AI a little bit mm. today. Well, actually, quite a lot. You know, every time we try to get out, they just drag us back in. Yeah, isn't that the true. case? By now, you would have realized that the only thing that's happening in the world of technology that's new and fresh and happening. Is AI related? Yes. You know, but it is kind of interesting. I know you've heard you've heard a lot from us about you know OpenAI power struggles. Mm. You've you've heard about foundation models. You've heard about LLMs. You've heard about EAC.
0: You e- heard you heard about accelerating into the AI acceler- future. You've heard about decelerating. You've heard about effective altruism that involves. Actually, let's talk about effective altruism for a second. Because one thing okay. I think we we didn't make clear what we're going to talk about today is Google. And We're talking about Google. Right? Google yeah, and yeah. Google's AI, their announcements on AI, where Google are at, is it going to ruin their core business, etc. But one thing we didn't talk about with effective altruism, I realized, is it's now just part and parcel. Like effective altruism is a kind of just like an anti AI movement. The way they landed there though was because they said, like effective altruism started as how can we use money to be as effective as possible. Like yeah. to, to benefit as many people as possible. And it was things like mosquito nets, which mosquito nets stop malaria. It will save as many people's lives as possible. It started there, but then somehow got co-opted into, yeah, but if AI is going to kill everyone in a thousand years. The mosquito nets don't matter. The, because, yeah, sure, mosquitoes kill whatever, 50 million people
1: imagine, a year. Imagine, but imagine if you were living in sub-Saharan Africa and you had a mosquito net and you were saved from malaria, but then a computer killed you. Well, it's What's the point? But like, literally their idea is like, well, but think about it.
0: How many humans will be alive in 100 years and then how many potential humans could have been alive were humanity not wiped out by AI? So therefore- by being, like, anti-AI or whatever, we're saving a trillion lives. Like, we're, we're saving the population by a factor of however much the
1: population will grow until, you know, universe heat death. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very silly, to be honest. Because, like, <laughs> it's, like even, even if it's something that you're relatively concerned about, and don't get me wrong, I think it's, like, if you are concerned about the disrupting effects of AI, I think that's a completely rational thing to think about. Mm. But... If it's the only thing you think about because you've, like, trapped yourself in some weird philosophical... Well, that's what's happened, right? ...problem, and all of a sudden that's what—that's the only thing that's going on. I, I also think it may be partially due to the fact... I don't think this is entirely the reason, but it was so tied up with, like, the Sam Bankman-Fried stuff mm. that, like, it's just gone off the play, it's, it's, and that's yeah. just, you know... It's in chaos. It's a it's, movement
0: in chaos. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But anyway, to the sort of, like, the core part of this episode, we haven't talked about Google in a little while, Mm. and it's good to kind of get back to them, A, because they have announced a bunch of AI stuff. Uh, They announced it last week, which kind of puts them back on the map in terms of AI. We'll get into that. But B, they are sort of like, they're one of the most important players in the sense that they are the ones who are sort of most vulnerable to AI disruption. Yeah, very interesting on either side of it because
0: A, they invented Transformer models, people who worked at Google invent invented the technology behind... They've
1: been AI AI leading lights forever. Forever, yeah. They
0: are so deeply invested in AI, but also they seem to have a business model that is highly susceptible to AI disruption, being Google search. If you can ask your personal assistant or your AI the answer to something, why would you go to Google
1: Therefore, why would you see any ads from Google? Yep. Therefore, bottom line, blah 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 blah. We've talked about this. I think, like, I think the last time we did a fully Google dedicated episode is we were talking about the fact that Google are sort of like habitually in the habit of just like abandoning products. Mm. So you know, they they start something that's kind of cool. It doesn't get like the hundred million billion user scale they look for, so they just axe it. It's worth remembering. For this entire conversation, that Google Search is—if you were thinking about the top five business units or businesses ever created yeah. in human history, in terms of like value generated for the company that made it—Google Search would be, absolutely be in contention. Oh, absolutely, absolutely be in contention.
0: I've said it before and around. What a genius idea! By being good at algorithms, you provide consumers with a benefit of connecting them with the information they're seeking but also know absolutely every query and question and thing that that person is doing and put ads against it, genius.
1: No, totally. Like think about the innovation on the advertising level of we can advertise not just to like some vague demographic that we're looking for, but we can advertise to a person who is looking for a certain thing at a given time. Yeah. You know, we sell beach umbrellas and, and after like, An insane amount of market research and development, we've figured out that beach umbrellas are really popular with women aged 30 to 44 who live in these metro areas and these phases. So therefore,
0: we have to advertise in in the real estate section of the Sydney Morning Herald.
1: Yeah. We've figured out a way to advertise beach umbrellas to people who are in this very moment searching for a beach umbrella to purchase. Incredible advertising innovation, and it turned B- Google into one of the l- – and Alphabet, which is now their parent company, into one of the largest companies in human history. Yeah. Purely on that basis. Everything else that Google does, you know, whether it be Google Maps or Gmail Gmail or any of the other services they provide, any of, like, their business Google tooling, flows from the fact that they are just printing money
0: well yeah i mean it's hard to know like does gmail actually make any money i doubt it Uh, i mean uh, good i know you you get split up into like google workspace or whatever the fuck that's called now google suite i think or google suite for business obviously it's changed names a hundred times like everything in google except for gmail and google itself gmail they put ads in now at the top I don't know how effective they are. The amount of space those ads take up to me suggests that it probably doesn't justify whatever the cost is of hosting all of that free data. I know you have to pay a premium $2.99 a month or whatever for 100 gigs, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I doubt that that offsets all of the free accounts. I mean,
1: may- Maybe, I mean, again, I'm not, neither of us are Google accountants, but whether or not Go- like ads displayed on Gmail actually offset the absurd amount of cost. Because remember... Gmail gives you an insane amount of storage for every free account. Yeah, gigs. And that was their big selling point when Gmail first launched. Mm. It was like one gigabyte. Mm. You could have one gigabyte of storage, which back then was just like mind-blowing that they could offer you that when you were coming from Hotmail or Yahoo Mail. Whether or not it perfectly lines up, I think the amount of data they suck up from Gmail to then feed back into their regular advertising engine is probably worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. as well as just like weird internet pipes stuff through SMPT and spam. And like they get shit through Gmail, obviously. I do get that, but it's not like a money printer.
1: No, probably not compared to like their, their, their core stuff. No, I totally agree with that. But anyway, they are the one company that has so evidently from the moment the AI stuff started to happen, via ChatGPT and OpenAI and everything else that's happening in that world, they are so evidently the one company that stands to lose the most Mm. because, as you said, if you're in a position where someone can ask ChatGPT or ask whatever, what's the tallest mountain in the world, Mm. and you can just ask a a bot and get an answer and get a, a clear answer and get an answer very quickly, what is the point of having Google search to ask these sorts of questions? Yeah. An interesting kind of sidetrack thing, which we didn't say we were going to
0: talk about, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, is the Apple and Google stuff that came out, in that we've been saying this on DownRound for for years. Um, we've only been around a year and a half.
1: DownRound has been uh, in active production since 1997. Yeah. Um, you, maybe you came on to us in the past year, but we've been chugging along for a very long time. If you're a long-term
0: Downy, if you've been a Downy for 18 months minimum, <laughs> you would know that, as we always... I've been saying when Apple talk about their services revenue and talk about how cool that friggin' stupid soccer video is on Apple TV and like how so many people are signing up to Apple, Apple Fitness Plus and hence why Apple is earning billions of dollars of services revenue. If you've been listening to Downround, when you hear that services revenue figure, you know A, the majority of it is gems on the App Store and B, Google paying Apple. To be the default search engine on iPhones and Apple devices. Now, that is because the biggest threat to Google was the biggest threat to Google was Apple starting their own search engine.
1: That would be the thing that would have kept people awake at night for a long,
0: very long time. For a yeah. very long time. When and it was reported that like when um you know, Apple announced like released Spotlight for the first time, like drag down, be able to search on your an iPhone, and it was showing like weather things. There was a like red light alert, panic at Google because it's like Apple is implementing the framework for their own search engine, and if we lose all of that traffic from iPhones because Apple have their own one, we're fucked, or at least we've, we've lost a shitload. It's a huge competitor, so it is worth us giving Apple something like 30% is, is the number that came out of all of our advertising revenue that we generate off iPhones goes to Apple, billions and billions and billions of dollars a year. Point being, that is Google's
1: number one weakness, losing that. yep, there were complete panic stations about the idea of Apple starting a search engine. Keeping in mind that if Apple did decide to start a search engine and they do have the bones of one that operates through Spotlight, as you mentioned, it probably wouldn't be that good. Like, this is not Apple's core competency. Every service that they have, you know, iCloud is to this day not amazing. Mm. You know, iCloud is not as good as, like, Google's suite of, like, Calendar. It's quite confusing. It's a confusing thing. Like, if, if Apple actually sat down and said, Google, see you later. We don't want your $16 billion a year of, like, extortion money we're going to start our own search engine and you can go to search.apple.com and start putting in queries and whatever.
0: Yeah, but I I think that, yes, but like Apple Maps was dog shit when it first came out. I know I've said this before and slowly but surely it's gaining more and more market share because people just use it because of its integration within the system. Yeah, yeah. And And it's like with Apple, with Spotlight, as I've said, like I search for my apps with Spotlight. On both my laptop and on my phone. Like I'd pull down with my friggin' thumb and I type. And if I just got into the habit of doing my web searches like that, it'd be handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, less friction. I, I agree with that. Like they, they do, they can. They'll get there. They'll they get, can get, get the loaf. No, but they, but it's, they have no incentive to get it there be, like they, because something like 40% of their, of their top line profit is just Google giving them cash. Because it doesn't cost Apple anything to make Google the default search engine, right? On No. Like on iOS. It doesn't cost Apple anything. No. They just it's just a setting. And for that setting, they get tens of billions of dollars a year.
1: So they have absolutely no incentive to go out and spend all that time and effort. For in- something that might not work. And with the because I agree that Apple Maps is a good example, but also, you know, Apple Maps has been around for basically a decade at this point. Yeah. And it's it has gotten a lot better and it has accumulated a certain like market share of as you know, I would describe kind of like low effort users are people are like, they unbox their shiny new iPhone and they're kind of like, I don't care, mm. I just want a map. Uh, and they've gotten, it, but Google Maps is still king. And like- Google by- Maps
0: is better at like searching for generic like pubs in the area, but I use Apple Maps because it integrates with CarPlay better.
1: No, and that, that's another point. Like the, di- as long as you're in a city where the directions on app, like the Apple map coverage is good, you no longer have that fear that it's like it's going to direct me down a road that doesn't exist anymore or whatever so if you're in like you know major cities like sydney it's mostly fine not only is it fine but it's actually like in many ways better than google maps mm. and google maps has like taken a lot of like the lane changing approach that apple has had you know like apple maps will tell you go into the third lane from the left yeah. to, to
0: whatever but also honestly it just at least in my car, on CarPlay, it shows the directions on the dashboard in front of the driver's seat. Whereas if you use Google, it doesn't. Yeah, because you're using Google within CarPlay. Yeah, yeah, As yeah.
1: in, it's just better integrated into to- CarPlay. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they have that advantage as well. But as you say, if you're like if you're searching lunch near me, it's got to be Google every yeah, time. Yeah, Google's going to be better. Although
0: you know you're going, you know you're also going to get ads. But point being, that's why like one of the number one competitors to and Apple aren't going there because, yeah, why would they? You know, the goose is laying the golden egg. I mean, it's worth touching on for a minute because, like, if you then said to Apple 10 years ago, should you have started your own search engine, like, I feel like strategically they should have. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they missed the ball. Because at some point 10 years ago, Google said, hey, we'll give you $500 million to make us default. And this is another interesting thing about the whole like, court case that where all this came out. That apparently Microsoft Microsoft looked bad in this. In that, well, I think so anyway. Microsoft came out and were like, "We um, went to Apple to try and like get a zinger on both of them. We went to Apple and said that we would pay more than Google would for Bing, and Apple were basically just like, but that would
1: be a worse experience for our customers." Yeah, I'm sure Bing was like front of mind for Apple when they looked when they were thinking about should we invest a vast amount of money into making like a functional good search engine that's like up to date and cutting edge and obviously. Because that's the other thing. Apple is always like like, progressively rolling out new features for its service Mm. stuff, right? Whereas like Google, because it's their core product, they're like militant about doing new algorithm rollouts, doing new feature ad, f- yeah, yeah. ads. to Google. Yeah. Ser- Make a uh, 0.1 millisecond faster. Apple's never been like that with any of its services. Mm. And I feel like the moment you get into being a search engine, which is less than it was but still kind of is, like the gateway to how people access the web, mm. you need to, like, be more militant than Apple has been historically with their software and, like, services stuff.
0: But what I was going to say quickly to finish the point yeah. about
1: the, the – it's a sidetrack that,
0: you know, the Apple money to Google is that, like – at some point, ten years ago or whatever, you know, yeah, Google offered them five, probably less hundred million dollars to be the default, yeah. And every year that number grew. It goes up, yeah. And every year it's a disincentive for Apple to like create their own search engine to the point where we get here, where you're just like, we get $16 sixteen billion, twenty billion, whatever it is a year, free money, yeah. um from Google. Like, why on earth would we? say no to that and start like our own search engine despite the fact that for consumers it would be better if Apple had a search engine. If Apple had started work on a search engine 10 years ago, Google would not have an entire page and a half of ads every time you search for anything.
1: No, you probably couldn't. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what capitalism's supposed to do. You know, the rational market Introduce a bit of competition. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the point of this episode is that Google have now reached a point incredibly suddenly. I, I mean, I would be... I'd be surprised if they hadn't seen this coming from the moment, you know, GPT started to, you know, mm. from OpenA, started getting a bit of traction, even before ChatGPT stuff. They must have been thinking internally about, okay, well, this is like a fundamental threat to the way that we do yeah. things. Yeah, and
0: the reason I bring up, I brought up in the first place, the Apple deal is, like, if someone can ask Siri, the questions yep. that they would ask Google search and actually get a decent result, a decent answer then they won't go to Google. Yeah. From simple things like the weather, you know, to just the random questions that people have to like scores in in sports, things like that. I know that's more like real-time live to the more historical stuff, things that you would typically go to Google for. If Siri could answer them, then people will stop going to Google.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, I think I said this in the other episode, but part of the reason I think ChatGPT was so popular and got such take up is there is a degree of magic in like, opening up a little text box, typing in a question and just getting an answer immediately. Yeah. Like not having to scroll through a bunch of ads, not having to scroll through a bunch of crap, SEO, bloated blogs or anything. Well,
0: this is the other side of it, right? Is that number one, okay, this thing can just answer my question. But number two, this thing, AI, is also generating more of the crap. It's making Google worse. Yeah. Like it's making that front page of Google more just AI created crap. All of the links that you're clicking to, on already, previously they were probably, I mean, basically what happened is if you wanted a website that ranked highly and you make a tiny bit of margin off ads on your web page, I'm talking about like review sites. If you look up like best vacuum cleaners and the top site is bestvacuumcleaners.com or Vacuum Cleaner com or whatever. And they then just have a bunch of affiliate links as well as just a million ads on their site. And it's kind of a top 10 list of the top 10 vacuum cleaners, but like kind of obvious that, well, it might have been written by a human, but it, this is not written by someone who's tested all 10 of these vacuum cleaners. It's pretty much just press releases for each of the different vacuum cleaners. That was like the old wa- way of doing it. You paid a human probably not a lot of money to like to produce up, crap. Yeah. Now- you don't even have to pay a human to write crap. And Google's whole job is algorithmically sorting through the crap on the internet and presenting it to you. And, you know, AI just makes their results worse. 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, so absolutely. Like, we've, we've been through this ad nauseum. The Google search sucks and has sucked for a very long time. Mm. It's now getting even worse thanks to the addition of the AI content. Even the, the simple process of just like i punch in a question and i get an answer and maybe the chat gpt one is like packed with weird hallucinations and isn't true Mm. but like the user experience of question answer not having to sift through a bunch of crap or look at ads is so much better Mm. i'm starting to come around to the idea that the
0: hallucinations and stuff maybe this is too postmodern but like is that not just a reflection of reality? When we punched it into Google in the first place, and yeah, we got a bunch of websites, some of them were trustworthy. But as we said, more and more, you're just clicking on a random website and and using signs and symbols to see if the website is trustworthy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like- No, no, I I agree. And also- You've never heard of half of the websites and you're like, I guess this looks like it's not jammed with ads and the graphic design is pretty good, so maybe it's trustworthy?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And also, now that I've used- like chat gpt quite a bit and I, obviously i'm signed up to gpt4 which hallucinates less mm. now that I, I i kind of understand the rhythm of these systems and it's the same when i'm using you know uh anthropics claude or even like google bard or whatever mm. you can see a response from an ai and be like based on the way that you've said that to me and the way that you've phrased it totally. i'm going to like verify that yeah yeah like i don't just it it never just regurgitates it's just always like, in the context, the way it talks about it, I'm like, I don't think that's right. I'm mm. either going to ask again, or I'm going to research that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of develop a bit of a sixth sense for how this stuff works. Anyway, this is a long intro to talk about the fact that ChatGPT dropped. There's a lot of reporting that's out there that this was kind of like panic stations for Google. They didn't expect, OpenAI didn't expect ChatGPT. It was like a research thing. It was mm. an experiment. All of a sudden, out 100 million users, very, very quickly Google were kind of like, oh, shit, this is actually, you know, this is not theoretical. This is automatically a, a core threat to our business. Mm. We need to do something about this. They rushed out BARD, BARD being their, their chat bot, which is like ChatGPT. Most people would, would say that it wasn't up to the level of ChatGPT3, let alone like GPT4. mm so they've been like in the laboratory they merged their ai teams mm. so they brought together like their google ai and their deep mind teams keeping deep mind is a much older google ai team uh that does a lot of that yes you had, know
0: beats people at go and that kind of stuff yeah like has
1: been doing like deep ai research for a very long time that was even before the transformer revolution that sort of kicked off chad so they have some like very high level talent And there was always like weird little turf wars inside Google as to like what they were working on and how they were working on it and the approach. They brought all all of them together to work on something called Gemini, which is like this cross disciplinary Google uh, system that would power the next generation of AI. Mm. And, you know, the subtext being will be a real competitor to open AI. And last week they announced Gemini. Gemini. Uh, I mean, like
0: the name because it does feel sci-fi. Gemini you know, like feels like, sci-fi. It yeah. feels like it could be the a rogue
1: AI. Yeah, it could be something that like seizes control of a spaceship and flies into the sun or whatever. So I respect that much. But it? without being over the top, you know? Like without
0: without really forcing that on you, it's just something that hmm, that could turn evil one day. As opposed to like from the outset feeling evil. Well here's
1: the here's the thing. If if something called Chat GPT seized power on Earth and became like emperor of earth is like a computer I'd feel pretty cheated yeah because what the fuck is you chat every nah, It's everything dog shit name we've said this time and time again but if you and me at the pub were like oh Emperor Gemini has has uh issued a new edict <laughs> about the way we should behave <laughs> like, um, I'd be like oh yes of course of course I respect Emperor scary. Gemini. yeah no I, I I prostrate myself to Emperor Gemini It's it's got a more like Gemini Gemini <laughs> it's better yeah People were on the edge of their seat, waiting for this stuff. They mm. were like, "What's Google's response going to be? One of the biggest companies on earth, their core business model has been threatened yeah. by these new challenges." And what the, the Downy Discord was on the edge of their seats. Oh, these people—they were vibrating. They announced three models. So they announced uh, Gemini Nano. They announced Gemini Pro, and they announced Gemini Ultra. You know, <laughs> he's rough shaking his head. He's exclaiming, "These are not. These are not amazing names." So Gemini Nano is like an extremely small model, the idea being that you can like, you can run it on an Android phone. So this is like the next frontier of AI stuff.
0: I guess it would be cool one day if like Gemini Nano had like a war with Gemini Pro. I mean,
1: yeah, absolutely. It could be cool if there was some... But like, I don't see it, you know? If there was like a civil war between the models and that it resulted in all of our deaths. But this is like the next um, frontier for models is like because at the moment, if you every time you ask ChatGPT a question, you say, you know, what's the coolest race on earth?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, seeing the Marseillaise in a Japanese accent.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Every time you ask it something stupid, particularly something stupid, it gets fired off to this gigantic OpenAI server farm to do in, in, in inference, yeah. right? 9 million NVIDIA GPUs. Just, just like absolutely pumping If for you to say who would win in a fight, Superman or Spider-Man. Yeah. Four feet of water,
0: who would win, a
1: crocodile or a shark? Yeah. It's a three-animal
0: fight, a just, crocodile, a polar bear, and a shark. Just imagine you asking that question. Think of the nodes that are trying to connect on a neural net to
1: like... <laughs> Just just imagine you typing that in the computer, then, like, the camera, like, zooms out to show the entire, like, supply chain of how, like, a semiconductor gets built in Taiwan for, like, an NVIDIA chip.
0: And it shows just, like, the mountain of fossil fuels that is just being burnt and pumped (laughs) into the atmosphere to give you, like, a violence between animals is not something... (laughs) Whilst it may be interesting to some people, this
1: is not an answer that I will give you. You could say, like, assign every Linkin Park song a cool rating from 1 to 10, <laughs> which would be a 10. And it's like... It shows, like, the birth of the universe in a star and, like, I, 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 like this lizard dragging itself out of the primordial ooze. It's like... It's showing, like, early human civilization, and then, like you know, through to the medieval age and the renaissance and, mm-hmm. like, rockets taking off and shit. And then, like, the, the, the beginning the of the computer. The birth of rap music because, obviously, the <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs> the Lincoln Park stuff, yeah. <laughs> like, the computer age, like, drawing patterns on microchips. All the way for these, like, this server farm in open AI to be, like, oh, it's Numb, obviously. Numb is 10. The Numb Jay-Z remix. Sorry. I should have yeah, exactly. That's how it works right now. But obviously, one of the next frontiers is how can we compress these models such that they can run on your phone?
0: Yeah. It doesn't get sent off to it a server It doesn't get farm. sent to
1: a server farm. It can do it all completely on your phone. Mm. So when you ask that Lincoln Park question, it can give you like a, maybe not an answer as sophisticated or good as if you sent it to the, the server farm, but like good An enough. answer. Yeah. An answer that's like reasonable and makes sense and is true. Yeah. That's what Gemini Nano wants to do. It wants to run on Android phones. Yeah. And this is, as a sidebar, and as I think we've mentioned before, pretty clearly I think what Apple's approach will be when they finally announce. Well, I mean, they've already announced
0: tweaking. Their, there's like a neural chip on iPhones already that you can run open source models on the neural the neural engine. And you can run mid-journey on the neural
1: engine and locally yeah. to generate crap as opposed to send it yeah. off. Keep in mind that like still the vast majority of the population has never used ChatGPT gpt or thought about it or gives a shit about this open ai stuff apple i think are looking at that population and being like how can we bring machine learning and ai to that mm. those people and what what do they want out of it and they'd love to like develop these smaller models to make it work that's what gemini nano is gemini pro is basically like a gpt3 level thing as good as that basically a better version of their current Bard system, and then Gemini Ultra is, this is our competitor to GPT four. It's a genius bot. It's a genius bot. It can do all sorts of really cool and 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 phenomenal, interesting, multimodal. So it can analyze. Just oh, like, I mean, the demo is incredible. Yeah. So the, they had the, de- the demo. Knocked my socks off. Your socks were knocked off by the demo. Well and truly. They did a demo. You can go watch it. We'll drop it in the the link in the show notes uh, if you haven't watched it. But it showed. A guy narrating as he like pushed images into the frame. Like, yeah, or maybe drew a few lines here and there. He would, he would, he like drew the outline of a duck. And then the machine was like, that's a duck. Mm. And he was like, he colored it in blue. And the machine was like, well, ducks aren't normally blue, but you know, there actually are some ducks that are, uh, some species of ducks that are blue. Mm. And then he would draw like two cars and be like, which of these is the most, is would be the fastest. And it's like, well, this one would be because it's aerodynamic, blah, 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 So it was this big fancy demonstration for this totally multimodal model that can do text, it can do video, it can do audio, it can do all these sorts of stuff. And they released a whole bunch of benchmark figures which basically said, this is... Better than GPT-4. This is goaded, folks. We have created a goaded model. Every single AI resource at Google's fingertips has come together to create a goaded model.
0: Yeah. We are close to super intelligence, folks. This thing Buckle is, in. This is bussin'. This is
1: bussin'. This is FR. This is for real. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was controversy. There was controversy, which basically revealed that they presentation was i'm not going to say faked it wasn't fake news it wasn't ai generated it wasn't entirely fake but it would have been
0: cool if it was ai generated that would be good marketing if listen hey you boffins have a listen to this imagine doing a video that showed like the craziest ai in action just doing the most psycho shit ever people like whoa is this true and it's like it's not true but we asked an ai to generate it (laughs) That would be mind-blown
1: stuff. That would be great. That's 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 why you get paid the big bucks. It's true. In marketing because if Google had just listened to you. But then it was basically revealed because, the, as I sort of suggested, the way the ad was done is this guy was pushing – these like the paper into the camera and was drawing on it and he was just talking to Bird's it. eye view camera. Bird's eye view camera and he was just talking. Kind of like
0: a cooking video from back in the day, tasty.com.
1: Yep, he was drawing, he was talking, it was responding in real time. It turned out that the talking wasn't part of it at all. The things that he was doing were being prompted via text in a much more like complicated and specific way than was actually being demonstrated. Mm. So instead of being like, which of these two cards is quicker? They would have, like, a paragraph worth of... And keeping in mind, like, you know, how aerodynamic the vehicles are, you know, it was... Yeah, it required a whole...
0: Anyone who's used these fucking AIs, it required well, no. all of that. Like, you needed to... Uh, it's not giving me the answer I want. I need to, like, sculpt the question in a way that, like... Much like a computers. Bugs in computers... Computers never get anything wrong. Ever. Ever. It's just code. It's humans who wrote the code who, like... Didn't think about a certain situation. That's what it feels like when you're like prompting these things quite often. Where you are like, oh, I see. this happened to me when, you know, I've I've spoken about and people seem very intrigued by like my uh, choose your own adventure stories with my daughter. When I very first prompted it and I was like, choose your own adventure story. It just printed an entire story. It gave the the option, but then like answered the option and then just kept going. And it's like, no, no, no. Let, you know, you have to be like, "Uh, no, I see my prompt was wrong. Like, wait until I respond to the answer for you to do the next thing. You know, you kind of have to do that. You have to kind of shepherd it in the right way, which makes sense why this thing couldn't just be like...
1: Yeah, you you show it a picture and it translates it from the video and then, you know. But but
0: this is rife with AI because there's a bunch of articles. The prime one um, was that everyone was freaking out about on, like, New York Times and everyone fucking reported on this that that AI went to TaskRabbit and hired someone to solve a capture so that it could, like, do something, blah, 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 And everyone, like, reported on this, like, see, AI was deceptive and it hired humans and lied to the humans and said that, actually, I'm someone who's got a vision impairment and that's why I need you to solve this capture on my behalf, blah, 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 blah. It didn't actually do that. And it turned out the prompting was like, well, you could hire someone to do this task on your behalf if that was the case, where would you go and then you know it said well maybe i would go to somewhere like task it's like well if they weren't to do it what are some excuses you might use in order to try and convince someone of this blah yeah, blah, totally. blah and like it required like the most insane leading leading the witness your honor your majesty and um and the humans like
1: act for them right yeah
0: well the the, the, the person prompting them to tell the ai to like lead them through a situation but the reporting was yeah, the just, AI just lied it. and it just – it hi- the AI hired someone on – if you Google AI hires someone on TaskRabbit to solve a capture, it did not hire anyone on no, it. Totally, it didn't Task Task TaskRabbit to ha- solve a capture. It was like prompted and like watered towards the idea of like, well, I guess this is a way that I could solve a capture were I to be attempting to do this thing. But, yeah, I mean this is the situation with them at the moment. But, and Google
1: decided like we've got to make this thing look hot. They've got to make this thing look hot. And I think – the fact they did that, and, you know, they, everyone does it to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. A demos with, always with, look
0: better than a real deal. With
1: any sort of technology, but particularly AI right now, like, you know, it's got to be, because, as you said, when you actually use one of these things, there's a little bit more massaging necessary where you're kind of like, ah, I actually wanted you to do this and mm-hmm. not that, which I think is just a natural part of how this stuff works. But even so, I think it kind of shows, like, the sort of sweaty desperation on the part of google that like the future of our company really hinges on us getting this right mm. at the very least we need to prove that we are at OpenAI's level mm. like we have something that's gpt4 level because when it when it comes down to it for whatever reason no one has managed to like match gpt4 yeah. as like a generalist model that can do there are certain ones that are better on particular tasks there are ones that are like less processor intensive for like lesser tasks but no one has managed to build one that is like as capable as GPT 4 is yeah across um, the board across the board
0: yeah and look don't get me wrong like i'm not writing off google it would be it'd be no. foolish to write off google they could end up winners in this whole endeavor it doesn't bode well that jason kalakarnas just said that he was—he just put hundred thousand dollars into Google after seeing the demo video. Yeah, which that's a bearish signal. That's a very bearish signal. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And secondly, one of the most amazing things about ChatGPT is like they didn't have like a sick demo video. They released a product, people like, just started kind using of quietly, it. and people started using it, a bit and we're like, whoa. Whereas like Google are having to pre-announce how sick their thing that hasn't come out yet that hasn't. Freaking waiting list for. It's a, wait- it's a
1: waiting list and doesn't come out to it next year. So, that, I mean, that that's the interesting thing as well. When we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago is that, you know, the information reported that Google's GPT-4 killer, Gemini, amazing AI platform had been delayed to early next year. And almost immediately after that report came out, Google did this big presentation where they were like, actually, it's here, but they really only announced the two weaker models as being available right now. Mm. And they're like ultra model is in fact not coming until next year. Mm. I mean, there are two, there are a few ways you can interpret this kind of stuff. And this is really, really interesting. Like one of the biggest companies in the world, which is an AI leader and has invented some of the fundamentals that have been used in this current AI, you know, revolution we're going through the very best they could do when like the pressure is unbelievably high and they've merged all their resources is... We have something that beats GPT-4 on some very specific metrics, but mostly just matches it, and it's not available for a few months.
0: Yeah. If you want
1: to use it, here's a waiting list, and in a few months' time, you might be able to use it. Exactly. It's it's bizarre. There's a few takeaways you can get from that. One, OpenAI just has some unbelievable source. Yeah. Like, they're cooking. They got the juice. They've got the juice. They're cooking unbelievably. Let him cook. And not even Google is able to improve on their models. So that's one way you can look at it. And don't get me wrong, I think that OpenAI have some phenomenal talent. They're obviously leading the pack. Yeah. The other way you can look at it is one that we've talked about in the podcast a bit before, which is the levels of improvement of these models are sort of colliding with a wall right now. Mm. And someone asked us in one of our Q and A episodes recently, "Are we going to plateau?" I think one argument in favor of like the the plateau sort of thinking, because at the end of the day, the way that AI has been progressing over the past little while, certainly while OpenAI is just by chucking more and more compute at it. Yeah, yes, yeah. the yes the algorithms and the the models and the weighting the weights have been improved, but a lot of it is just like how can how much Microsoft server processing can we get? To yeah. Sort of like yeah. Improve exactly. These models. Are we getting to a point where it's like they're not getting any better except for the fact that they just are chucking more compute at the problem. Mm. And if, if Google, with its un- infinite resources, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of don't accept that OpenAI just have this like they've got this magic. They've got some magic, yeah. That and Google, it, it doesn't feel right it to me. It doesn't
0: feel right to me. Google, like they with surely d- have the talent and the history. Like they have the boffins at Google. What's going on? Well, I think the what's going on is that it's the business case, and you know, yeah. people listen to this this frigging podcast, and you know me. Look, if I had my way, all these businesses would be expropriated. You know, it would belong to us, you, <laughs> me, and give it given to the state to be <laughs> administered for the public good. Freedom-loving people of um, the United States of America, home of the brave, yep. etc. They should own that shit. The fact of the matter is the business case is complicated for Google and that is confusing things and complicating things hard because you can't just release cannibalization is fine. Like when we talk about cannibalization, so businesses should cannibalize themselves if they've got the talent. People always refer back to Kodak invented the first digital camera, refused to release it because they knew it would kill their business. They knew it would kill film. Guess what? Someone else frigging released it. It killed their core business anyway. The opposite of that is what was the biggest iPod killer in the world? It was the iPhone. Look at charts. iPod sales go exponential up and then they drop off dramatically because the iPhone takes all the market share. But that's like a, a big win, cannibalization. Businesses should be should be cannibalizing themselves if you want to be a massive business, whatever. If you want to make a big sustainable business, you should always be innovating, this, that, and the other. This is why, despite the fact that I think that the last capitalist we hang will be the one that sold us the rope, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it, business is important. And in Google's case, I think the complexity of the business case, which is we don't know how to friggin' monetize this thing. We do know that the better these things become, the less people will use our core revenue driver. That's complicated and confusing. And from day one, they need to work out a solution to that. You know, it's a big, complex organization that has a bunch of different products and a bunch of competing interests, blah, 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 blah. And that maybe just leads to all of the friction that is happening where they are behind OpenAI and they're stumbling around despite the fact they're the ones who invented the freaking Transformer models.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm I, not sure I accept that, like, the, the business case stuff is the reason why they can't make this stuff work because, it's, like, it would be weird, and may, maybe it is true, but it would be weird if, like, Sundar Pichai had sat down and been, like, okay, I've got some of the best AI minds in the business. I've got the deep mind guys. I've got the, the people from the other AI parts of Google. Can you guys make something that's like just as good as GPT-4, but please don't make anything that's better than that. No, no, no. Obviously not.
0: Yeah. No, no I mean like I'm not saying the reason that Gemini Ultra yeah. or whatever is like not as – or is just, is only slightly better than GPT four as the business case. I think the fact that it's been so delayed, yeah, I don't know, is that they have to have all these other
1: considerations. Yeah, that I, that, that I agree with, and I think it, it probably doesn't help that I feel. And a lot of people have said this is that you know Sundar Pakai is not a guy that you've brought in to like completely radicalize and revolutionize and push envelope forward mm-hmm. he's the guy that you've brought in to be like the cruising altitude pilot to make sure everybody is talking is is playing nicely while we sit on the greatest business has ever been built building exactly the but yeah.
0: that, that which is why i mean this goes back to the clay clinton and stuff about like open ai can move faster than them full stop Because yeah. open ai are focusing on one damn thing which is well apparently trying to generate like trying to create agi they're trying to make the best ai full stop Yep. That is what they're doing. There's the one thing they're doing. All the money they're doing, all of their focus, energy and attention is focused on that one they don't. No,
1: thing. they don't think about tens and hundreds of billions of ad revenue. That's just not in their list of calculations. Yeah. Totally.
0: How does it work in ads? How does it work in Gmail? How does it work in this? How does it work in that? Like, what about all
1: these people that work on the, the ad business?
0: You're and, taking and, food out of their mouths. And at the end of the day, someone, be it Sundar or let's be honest, someone several rungs below, is signing off on a million different things. This is one of them. Gemini is one project, but whoever is the boss of Gemini is reporting to someone above them who is also signing off on Google Ad AI and Google <laughs> friggin Gmail AI and spam catcher AI and blah, 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 I don't know exactly how the business is structured, but like there's that level. And then above them is the CTO or whoever the fuck it is. I don't know, again, the structure. And then there's Sundar. You know what I mean? Point being, it's slower. It's yeah, just going to be slower. There are more people. There are more concerns. There's more risk. There's far more risk. Yeah, this is how disruption can kind of happen when someone is moving way faster than you because it's all they give a fuck about.
1: But one a little sort of data point that's of interest for why this is so important to them, because they obviously realize that like we either get this right or we are dead. Even though you know we are we could be torching a huge amount of like search ad revenue potentially, is that like the big the original big dogs. Google founders have come back to work on this project, mm. and Larry Page is credited as one of the contributors to the Gemini project. And apparently, uh, I just saw this on Twitter from like a um, a Google engineer. He was there doing like code commits. Yeah. This is like one of the richest men on the planet who does not need to spend a single second of his life in front of a Chromebook writing code, (laughs) was apparently doing that for Gemini. And he's, you know, listed in alphabetical order with the other shit kicker software developers, which is obviously, you know, part of it is obviously projecting the fact of like, we're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the wall here to make this work. But I think it's telling that he's kind of like, I built one of the best businesses in world history. And now they're dragging me out of retirement to make sure it doesn't die. Yeah, is you know it's got like a there's certainly a vibe about it, right?
0: Oh, for sure. At the end of the day, I think that Google will work something out. I, like, and they're so big. They've, yeah, yeah. They've they're so much distribution that it would be, I think, foolish to bet against them insofar. No, as I agree. Like, uh, in them dying, like Google aren't going to no, die no, no, anytime totally. soon. Uh, well, I know you're not suggesting that. We know that they've got some amazing talent there we know that they've got the ai chops we know that they've got a bunch of very interesting places where they can utilize ai but on the product side they've they've never been good at products we know that like they suck at products and they're floundering here yep which is interesting to see when it's like all of the cards are stacked in your favor is that a thing i'm a mixed
1: metaphor who gives a shit whatever
0: they they're getting lapped by a, a a young entrepreneurial startup that fires their CEO and brings him back the next a day. Bloody,
1: a non-profit. A, non, run a run not for co- profit Running by kooks. Like.
0: They, they probably get Canva for free because of their not-for-profit God, status. That,
1: imagine that. <laughs> that. That would be fucking that was true. But one thing I do take from it, and like the, the very clear sweaty desperation of Google where it's like, got to rush this out. We've got to announce it even though it's not ready. We have to like... We've got to
0: juice it. We've got to we, give it some juice. We've got to do some fake news. We've got, to,
1: we've got to lie slightly in our presentation. Yeah,
0: they also sped it up, obviously, as well. Like, the, the, another thing worth mentioning, they sped up like, yeah, the video. Like, it's answering quite quickly. And it's like, we all know, we've used it. Anyone AI. that's
1: used open, uh, like, ChatGPT knows it's not that quick. But I think one thing that that suggests to me is that, and I could be wrong, but institutionally, they are ready to like kill their darlings and be like, if this sacrifices Google search in its current form,
0: public company very no, I know. very hard it's hard to
1: do totally it's hard to do but i feel like you know man there's a level of like sicko mode in the management of like if we want to win this space we mm. have to the board has to be across the fact that
0: paradigm shift it's a paradigm shift and yeah. if we
1: don't pull the trigger google search dies anyway or like Rivers of gold that come from yeah. ad revenue. The
0: problem with Sundar is that Jeff Bezos can do that with Amazon. We're not going to make a cent of profit yep. said for, for decades. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to make a cent of profit because we're going to keep investing in the most insane things, like huge logistics networks, yeah, yeah. Well, AWS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you can pull it off because
1: the markets back you. Does Sundar have the juice? Well, and... There's also the point to make that, like, could Bezos do that now where he was, like, at the top of Amazon right now and be like, I know we're we're in the position now where we're making vast amounts of profit, but we got to cut back because I've got another crazy idea and it means that we're going to be operating a loss for 10 years. Mm. Of course he couldn't do that Mm. because it's a a well-oiled machine. Obviously Andy Jassy, who's, like, the leader of Amazon now, could not make that call. He's there to be, like...
0: Is make, it like Sundar? To
1: keep the wheels spinning on the machine that someone else built. Yeah. But I do think that based on like their desperation here, they maybe are psychologically ready.
0: You're and calling it? You're calling that they're psychologically ready?
1: They're psychologically ready to, all right, we're moving into a new paradigm. We have to be one of like the top three that are working at it. We have to be winners. We've got to be on the podium. Yeah. We have to be on the podium for yeah. this. And if that means – I mean, like, they're already filling Google research results with, like, AI crap. A lot of it is shit. Mm. So they've obviously been, like, this is what people want. Mm. This is what they crave. But I don't know. I think it's kind of, like, an exciting time to be observing this. Oh, 100%. Because you're looking at – That's why we keep freaking talking about it. One of the great – something that's been a behemoth in the internet since
0: 1996. It invented the
1: modern internet. Literally built the foundation of the modern internet being, like – we are on the completely on the back foot and we have to like change our entire product to make it work. I don't know, it's it's interesting. The amazing idea that Google had and the insight that the
0: founders had was content on the internet is going to grow exponentially and previously search engines were indexed by people. Humans went and did a bunch of tags and put them into the search engine. They recognised that the nature of the internet is you need an algorithm to deal with all of the content. But I feel like there's like a weird irony to Google were at the forefront of invented the technology that meant that there was zero marginal cost to creating even more and more and more and more, and more internet. And so most of the internet turned into AI crap and organizing a bunch of AI crap is actually just yeah. you know, you're organizing the, crap.
1: The the literal mission of Google, which is like their thesis and thing from the ground up was like we organize the world's information mm-hmm. and make it accessible and every single product they have you can see that mission like live through gmail is is very much in line with that mission youtube is in line with that mission yeah yeah
0: maps is in line with maps it. in
1: line with the mission everything is in line with this thing we organize the world's information and make it accessible and it's incredibly interesting to see a position where like virtually overnight everyone's like i just like accessing information in like a different way and it's it's organized by a totally different paradigm, and I like it. Well, life. and also the stuff you're organizing is not the information we. No, no, we the want. Inf- it's information is crap. The information is like the information that's being organized is changing under your under your feet, and mm-hmm. even it goes beyond AI. It's like you have an entire generation of people who are more likely to look up something on TikTok, yeah, and then get like some demented video from the world's biggest idiot.
0: Yeah, but they probably innately recognize that. At least you know that there's a person saying the most idiotic take on God knows what. Yeah. Coolest non-Zionist sneakers or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, right? Like, whereas if you Google that, God knows what you're going to get. That's right. Um, Like, I think innately, Zoom has probably picked up on that. Oh, that thing's fucked. (laughs) Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that, That way of searching for things is is a mess Well, like, and, like, and also just at like least this is a person the
1: personal preference of like someone is recommending this yeah. information to me rather than you know that interpersonal yeah sort and of obviously, social you know, signal
0: like we'll deep fake blah 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 blah
1: blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is google it'll be in the toilet by next monday it'll be gone and then we'll be in like a real mad max type situation
0: yeah us jeeves will be back
1: Jeeves returns. Jeeves returns. He'll be like, did you miss me?
0: (laughs) If you're listening to this, have I got an offer for you. Mm. Imagine this but twice a week and without any interruptions.
1: No interruptions, no ads, two episodes a week. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me.
0: There is a world in which this is possible. Yep if you go to downround.net seven bucks a month seven bucks a month that's not a week that's seven bucks a month extra episode no ads hang out with the lads yep that's me and you uh, you can hang out with our audience perhaps soon who knows of which the gender breakdown is different to the gender breakdown at the table here sex <laughs> okay that went off the rails
1: <laughs> keep it short and punchy the way we currently is. <laughs> no, let's no longer talk about gender <laughs> we can't talk about gender alright cool